Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Hallelujah. All right. Amen. Thank you, worship team. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord. We'd like to say welcome. I think these are Easton's friends. Nice to have each and every one of you here today. Lord bless you. Didn't get a chance to meet you yet, to introduce yourself to me, but uh, we'll get your names after church, hopefully. Amen. It's always great to see young people out there. Amen. Amen. Young people are the key to everything, really. They are so absolutely important. And we're, uh, we know, I think we understand how important it is for the parents to be so actively involved in their lives. Amen? Right. You want to be active in it. You want to, amen, you want to make sure you know where they're at. Mentally, emotionally, and everything. and Hallelujah. Because once you were there, and once I was in need of that kind of care, right? Amen. All right, and uh, I know we have plenty of food back there after service, so everyone is invited to uh, have dinner with us and... Uh, Eat all you want. Hallelujah. All right, we're going to call your attention to the book of Matthew, the uh, 25th chapter. We're going to read verses 22 through 27. Praise God. And uh, Brother Jeff, I don't know if it's proper or you mind me giving you a congratulations or not, but... Brother Woods was in a, last week was in a New York Life meeting in California, and my goodness, he told me that out of 13,000 New York Life agents, he was number 76. So, congratulations, Brother Jeff. I asked him where the Rolex was, and he said all he got was the ring. So <laughs> the, watch is coming. the watch is coming. Amen. All right, Matthew chapter number 25, verses 22 through 27. Amen. And maybe I'll have to read that from the book version. I know one of these days that we'll get that thing operating the way that it's supposed to. Okay, there we go. All right. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. Verse number 23, his Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Verse 24, Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. Amen. And verse number 26, But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. I'd like to speak to you this morning on the thought, more than faithful. Amen. More than faithful. Amen. If you would, just lift your hearts to the Lord here for a moment. I'm going to ask Brother McCune if he would lead us in prayer. And uh, 
Amen. Pray before we go into our message here today. Brother McCune, if you would, please. All right, Lord bless you. You may be seated. Amen. How many of you know that you've called on to be faithful? Amen. Faithful is very, very important. Jude writes, and uh, the second and third chapter of Jude. Just kidding. Just seeing if you're, you're paying attention. Jude writes, and he says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, we talked about the common salvation this morning in Sunday school. Message never changes. Will always be the same. Aren't you thankful for that? God never changes. He never gives up any of his power. He gives no... He, he does... He, allows the church to share in that power, but he never loses anything. And, of course, we know the Bible says he gives his glory to none other. Amen. But Jude writes, and he says, hey, he says, I really wanted to write to you about the common salvation, but he says it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. That's the gospel. That's the message of salvation. Amen. And the Amplified Version reads like this. says, Beloved, while I was making every effort to write you about our common salvation, I was compelled to write to you urgently appealing that you fight strenuously for the defense of the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints. The faith that is the sum of Christian belief that was given verbally to believers. Are you glad for the doctrine or the writings of the apostles? Amen. That New Testament... That is a, not a second or a third-hand witness. That is an eyewitness account of the glory that God manifests on earth through Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? That's, a, that's an eyewitness account. That means they were there. Amen. And so he wrote that. But, but here, however, if... One only contends for the faith, it will go to the grave with you. You understand that, right? You can contend for the faith, and that's a good thing. And you can take that faith with you to the grave. But if you don't compel, there's, a, there's another dimension. There's the evangelistic thrust of the church. And that is about the Father's business which is getting the gospel to every man, woman, and child on the earth. Can you say amen to that? And so, you can contend for the faith, which we must do. But if you take that Bible, let's just, if you, if that Bible goes to the graveyard with you, and it does not have a seed planted in the next generation, then that faith dies with you in the graveyard. That's what we're talking. We, we are here today, we're talking about planting the gospel. And Brother Grant Woods started us here uh, this month on inviting people out to the church, inviting them here. And uh, we're doing a good job with that. But that's the thought today is that we are here not just to possess 
but we are here to give it out freely. Can you say amen? amen. And so we have to contend and then we have to compel. You know the story about the marriage supper and, and all of that. It is the occupy until I come. Jesus said, occupy till I come. That means taking care of God's business, being profitable in the sense of doing what we can to add souls to the kingdom of heaven on earth. And we read to you about three men. I never use those up here mostly, but thank you, Mason. Have them up here just in case. But we read about three individuals. These three men, they were given talents. The Bible says that, that the Lord took leave. He was gone. He went on a journey. And we're told that he gave, he delivered to these three individuals his goods. Okay? Not our goods, delivered his goods. And we're told that he gave one five, he gave one two, and he gave one. These talents were given because, and placed into their hands. And after a long absence, the master would return and he would require each man to account for what had been placed into his hands. Okay? The accountability was based on faithfulness and effort. Faithfulness and effort. And there are four areas this morning that I want us to look at in this parable. One, opportunity. Two, ability. Three, responsibility. And four, accountability. All right? So, opportunity. Let's look at that. The kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered into them his goods. Matthew 23 and 11, Brother Sam taught last Wednesday night, talking about a servant. Matthew 23 and 11 says, The greatest among you will be your servant. How many of you know that we are a servant of God? Okay. And as a servant, this parable says that he called these men, he entrusted his business into their hands, and, he, which, and the, he, it, the bottom line was that they became responsible for the portion he had put into their hands. Amen. For you and I, the born-again experience, the Acts 2.38 message, that is the good news that we have been entrusted with. Can you say amen to that? How many of you believe that? That's what he has placed into our hand. That is the most powerful message that we have. No matter what else that we attain in life, if we don't get the, the message of eternal life, victory in this life and eternal life, then we miss the boat. Amen. And so, the born-again experience... We talked about it, remission of sins, the power of the resurrected Christ within. Romans 8, 37, while we're here on earth, the Bible says, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors and gain an overwhelming victory through Him who loved us. How many of you know that the Lord loves you? Amen. And it reminded me of a book that I read in my early 20s, a book by uh, an author, Og Mandino, most of you have probably never heard of him. The book is called The Greatest Salesman in the World. And it's about ten principles that are taught through a parable of a poor boy in biblical times by the name of Hafid. Hafid wanted to learn the art of selling so he could become a wealthy merchant. Hafid found a mentor who was highly successful in being a salesperson. He sees that the young boy is ambitious and generous, 
So he rewards him with a chest full of ten scrolls inscribed with the secrets of selling. The scrolls, though, come with a price. Hafid must always give generously to those less fortunate, and he must keep the scrolls a secret until he meets the right the next rightful owner. So Hafid uses the scrolls to gain a great fortune. Eventually he reaches old age. As he nears his death, he gives away almost everything he owns while he waits for the scroll's successor to appear. When that person arrives, it turns out to be the Apostle Paul. who uses that scroll's lesson to sell the gospel to the world. Or as in the city of Thessalonica, Paul was accused of turning the world upside down with the gospel. It was said, these men who have turned the world upside down have come to our town. Sometimes we forget the power of the message of the gospel. It literally will change a person's life. It can transform a family. It can transform an individual. It can transform a family. It can reach into the neighborhood. It can reach into the city block. It can reach into a city. It can transform a state. It can turn a nation around. Ultimately, it can. They said, Paul, whatever you got a hold of, all we know is that it has turned the world upside down. And now you're bringing it to our city. Our world is already upside down. We want this message to turn the world right side up. The world is already upside down. Amen. Let me bring one Bible character to you this morning in the area of ability. Okay? Number one, opportunity. I never thought for one instant, never entered into my mind that when I was a young man out in the world doing whatever we do when we're not in the church, it never occurred to me that one day I would have the opportunity to receive the most valuable thing on earth, literally. It never occurred to me that there was going to come an opportunity in my life that would absolutely not just change me, but would give me the power and the confidence and the joy and the peace to overcome situations that had troubled me for a very long time. I never, nobody, nobody threw me the opera, nobody threw me the golden coin. It took a while. But opportunity is what we have in today's world that God has placed His goods, the good gospel news into our hands. And the most powerful thing that you can do to help a person, the most powerful thing that you can do to help a person is to let them know that there is a God. He is alive. He is still in the life-changing business. He still has the same power. 
to deliver people from every kind of disease that, that there is. You believe that? Opportunity. Number two, ability. We're told the master of the estate delivered to them his goods. To each servant according to their individual ability. Amen. That one Bible character that I want to bring to you. Judges 6. An angel calls Gideon out of hiding. He calls him, O mighty man of valor. Look at your neighbor. Say, O mighty man of valor. Speaking to a man that was hiding in a cave. Just trying to earn enough money to feed his family. That was Gideon. God said, Oh, mighty man of valor. What if I told you the word ability in this parable? Okay? He gave them each man according to their several ability, individual ability. What if I told you that word ability means power, abundance, force, miraculous power, mighty work, could, might be possible. What if I told you the word ability here and the word power in Acts 1 and 8 come from the same root word, dynamis. Almighty man of valor. The master gave each one of them his goods according to their service. You understand that when God places his goods into your hands, only he knows what the power of this message can not only do to your life, but he looks at Gideon and he says, Oh, mighty men of valor, he says, You are destined to go out and to save Israel, your entire nation. Gideon said, What? What? And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might or thy strength. Just use the strength you have. Have I not sent you? The, the parable that we're reading today, the Bible says that the master placed into their hands a, a talent here and a talent there and a talent there. He placed, the power is that he placed his goods into their hands. And once God puts something of his doing into the hands of a man or a woman or a young person, he's the only one that understands how powerful that combination can be. He's the only one that knows the outcome. He believes in the power of his goods that it could save an entire nation, Gideon, and you're hiding out, and he's saying, go, man. He says, go in your your strength that you currently have. I remember coming into the church as a young person. My goodness. You know, 21 and crazy. A little bit. And uh, they just told me, they told me what I had. And I believed them. And pretty soon... I found out that it actually worked. And, uh, you know, my buddies were, what's wrong with you, man? You, don't, you know, you, don't, you know that, don't you know that you can't stop doing those things? That's not possible. 
said, well, I don't know what to tell you other than it appears to be working for me. You understand? Is it Gideon is such a good example of how that God sees the potential once he puts a calling into your life. Once he says, hey, I want you to do something. Once he gives you his goods. Once, Brother Austin, once he puts this thing into your hands, he says, here, he says, all I'm asking you to do is to go in whatever strength that I give you, go in whatever ability I give you, but just trust me that is powerful enough to get the job done. It will work. I was amazed when I found that that word was, it comes from the same root word. Whoa. So you don't, it didn't matter if you had one talent, two talents, five talents. It's not about how much you have. It's about the effort that you put forth with what he, he only requires an accountability to what he's given you. That's the great part about serving God is that I may not have the talent of a Jeff Woods. I may not have the education of a Brian Long, but it's okay because I'm just willing to make an effort to use what he put into my hands. And that was simply the power of the gospel in order to get the job done. I felt like, whoa, what an opportunity. Potential of a person who is entrusted with a message so powerful that it can save an entire world. Lady by the name of Carly Florine, former CEO, I think, of HP, writes, The highest calling of leadership is to challenge the status quo and unlock the potential of others. Wow. Yeah, that's young people. You got anybody out there? Really? You, you still, we still don't, we can't even get a hold, Brother Tim, of what the power of this message will do inside of a person that believes it and says, okay, God, fine. If you give me a half of a talent, that's all I need because it's your goods, it's your power, it's your message. All I've got to do is put forth a little bit of effort and see what you will do with it. Amen. Light a fire in someone's life by your enthusiasm. You ever been around somebody that was a little, wow, what's wrong with you? Settle down a little bit. They drank too much coffee? <laughs> but you know, where the, you know where the word enthusiasm comes from? You know where it comes from? It comes from two Greek words. En, meaning in or within, and theos, meaning God. Enthusiasm simply is therefore God within. That's a, you, do you, do you still, do you still, when you first came to church, when you first experienced an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in your life, did you not feel God with it? Did you not feel a little bit of enthusiasm about what you had just received from God? Let me... <laughs> We're never to let the fire of enthusiasm, God within us, ever die out. Because what? Because God is always on fire. And the Holy Ghost is always moving. And the church is always going forward. And the message is always the promises to you, to you, to you, and to you, and to you. And who knows what God has in store for you. Yeah. 
One man writes, every memorable act in the history of the world is a triumph of enthusiasm. Nothing great was ever achieved without it. That's right. How many of you, when you get excited about something, I mean, when you get excited about something, you will make it happen. Come on. If if you get enthusiastic about something, when something pushes your... Oh, you, you will make it happen. You'll make it happen. Opportunity. Amen. Ability. And then responsibility. It's been said the most important ability we have is responsibility. How many of you are thank how many how many kids here today are you, are you thankful that your parents are responsible? Yeah. How many of you want irresponsible parents? <laughs> oh, come on. How many of you know some folks out there that have irresponsible parents? Sure. You don't you're responsibility simply is your ability to respond to a situation or your response to something, your action that you take. Remember, He's given us according to our individual ability. He entrusted them with His possessions. Who's got that coin? Throw that back up here, will you? Now, now imagine, if you will. Ima- now, I, I know that sometimes we, you know, we, I mean, if Jesus was here in person today, all right, and he said, Courtney, use it to the best of your ability. Now, would you take that pretty seriously? Oh, yeah, you know you would, wouldn't you? But because we're 2,000 years removed, right? Sometimes we, you know, we don't take it as important or as powerful as it is. But in, in, in you know, in, in a sense, spiritual reality, that's exactly what he is doing to each one of us. He's given it to us, his goods. And do you know how valuable that coin is? Oh, my goodness. The value of that coin. Well, let's put it this way. Bible says that one soul is worth all, more than all the world in God's eyes. So if, if one soul is that much carries that much value and he says here I'm going to give you what it's going to take this coin will pay the price to get every person in the world saved is that not what the gospel is that's really what it is that's what he that's what he's saying and so um I mean, responsibility. I am responsible for what he has placed in my hands. The bottom line is, I'm responsible for increase, growth, development, improvement, investing. That's all, that's all he's asking here. He's just saying, hey, make it grow. Make it develop it. See what it does. What will this do for you? Make sure, that, make sure that you are investing it. Make sure that there's some growth there. Make sure that there's some addition in your life. Don't, ooh. Here, I, I wrote something down here. here. The problem that we have sometimes is, like, 
this one man that had the one talent? Is it the no loss syndrome? We think because we don't lose that we win. We, because I didn't lose it, then, oh, no, 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 no. That's not the way that it's supposed to work. It's supposed to cause you to develop and to grow and to become a dynamic witness for the Lord. Amen. Can you say amen to that? And so, but the good news is you're only responsible for what he has placed in your hand. The bottom line is the only way that it doesn't work is if you bury it. That's it. Okay. Fourth, accountability. After a long time, the Lord of these servants came back and the Bible says he reckoned with them. In other words, or he said, okay, give an account as to how my goods were put to use. One with five gained another five says, well done, my good and faithful servant. One that gained two said, well done, my good and faithful servant. The one with one ended up where he started. Here's his explanation. I knew that you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I dug a hole and buried it. I protected it. And here's your money back. How many of you have 401s and retirement funds? How many of you have ever lost money? How many of you have ever gained money? If you don't invest it, you don't have the possibility of growing that money. God never... You've heard the old story about the, the Christian that uh, was in Alaska on a fisher out in the middle of the ocean fishing or something. And he was a Christian and he got back and they said, uh, you know, hey, how did you know, did you do OK living for God? He said, oh, yeah, nobody even knew I was living for God. I kept it to myself. Not the way. Not the way it's supposed to work, is it? The no-loss syndrome, satisfied with breaking even. I'm a winner because I didn't lose anything. They hand trophies. I don't know if they still do. They hand trophies to, what, even losing teams they were in little kids' sports? Here's a, tro- <laughs> Here's a trophy. Oh, boy, what did I do? You lost. Whoa. No, that's true. They were doing that for a while. I don't know if they still do it or not. Yeah. Because they didn't want to hurt people's feelings. Oh. Listen. The harsh reality is that Jesus is coming back. Okay? He's coming back. And... It doesn't really matter in this life right now if your feelings are hurt as long as you get saved in this life. Feelings get hurt. How many of you ever had your feelings hurt? Young people, you ever had your feelings hurt? Anybody ever? Sure. Doesn't. The only thing that matters in the end is when he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Those are the only words that are going to matter in this life that we take with us. Those are the only words that are going to matter. But he was afraid of failure. You know... Not uh, qualified to teach. 
afraid to get in front of people. Can't speak. Zacchaeus, you're too small. Don't have a good education. My family are a bunch of bums. Hello? Comes in all colors, shapes, and sizes, doesn't it? But Paul, looking over the congregation one day, he says, you know, once upon a time, y'all were a bunch of this ones and that ones and bums and liars and thieves and cursors and whatever else is in the book. He says, but now, whoa, I see that this has worked in your life and you're no longer the person that you used to be. Are you thankful for that? See, the master has expectations. He wants you and me. He wants us to grow. He wants us to become whatever it is that he sees that you can be. But he also knows that unless you believe that what he has given you is enough to get you there, if you are willing to just accept mediocrity, if you are just willing to, well, you know, that guy can do that, but boy, I can't do that. And of course, the end of that story, that the one that buried his talent, take, I'm paraphrasing, take it, one coin, that one talent, take it away from that wicked, lazy bum and give it to the guy with five talents. See, making the most of the opportunity and their ability by maximizing their opportunity. Accountability was based on faithfulness and effort, not outcome. You don't know. All you're supposed to do is to be faithful and put out the effort to use whatever it is that he gives you. That's all. That's all he requires. He doesn't ask you to, you know, if I, I really do. Sometimes I, I regret not going to college and getting some kind of a higher education. I do. But bottom line is, what he did give me, was enough to get me to hear. And I don't say that from a prideful heart. I just say that openly and honestly. That he gave me enough. He gave me enough to do what he knew that I could do According to my ability. His power working through. Working through us. Amen. You know, sometimes. Sometimes I feel like I'm operating on somebody else's dime. <laughs> I do. Hey, sometimes I feel like. I inherited the talent that that bum buried in the ground. That the Lord looked at me and said, Hey, GK, you know, I mean, I gave you one. And these other, there's a bunch of people out there that I gave a whole lot more talent to. But, you know, they're okay with a no loss situation. So here, I'm going to give you theirs. Understand what I'm saying? Really? I feel like that I have inherited somebody else's talent sometimes. And I know that's probably not possible, right? But I'm just saying that you have no idea what God wants to do or what he can do in your life. 
as you stand with us this morning. But here is, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. He said, you've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many things. But here's the part I want to close with. He says, enter in, enter in to the joy of the Lord. Okay? Enter in. Now, one day, we'll know what that's all about. I mean, in the truest sense. But while we're here on earth, you know what? There is a joy that comes from this gospel right here. Right, Mason? Right? Bible says that the angels rejoice over what? One sinner. The angels rejoice. You know what makes the church happy? You know what makes the church happy? When people repent of their sins, when people are baptized in Jesus' name, when God fills them with the Holy Ghost, that's the joy that we share while we're here on the earth, is every time that a new person comes to God, the Lord said it best, he says, the value of your soul is worth more than this entire world in my eyes. And I am happy that there is a people that share that same joy along with me. What does the Bible says? For the, he endured the suffering and the shame of the cross because he seen the joy that was on the other side of that. Because he saw you here, and he saw you here, and he saw you here. Amen. Praise God. All right, we're going to close it out here this morning. And uh, we're going to give you an opportunity, though. We've got a couple of minutes here. If if you're here today and you have a need, we're going to invite you to come here to the front. Amen. If you, whatever it is that you might need here today, doesn't matter if you're a young person, if you're an older person, doesn't matter. If you have a particular need here today, we believe that the Lord can, He can heal you. He can meet any need that is in your life currently today. You need something? God says, I am the great physician. He can handle whatever it is that you have. If you're here today and you would like special prayer, we're going to ask you, invite you to come here to the front. We'll pray with you, amen, that God would give you what it is that you have need of here this morning. And then we'll go back and we'll have some dinner. But why don't we just come and spend just a few minutes here today and, and, and let's, let's do this, all right? Remind, just remind yourself here today of what the Lord has placed into your hands and ask yourself, am I, am, am, is it growing in me? Is it accomplishing the things that it's supposed to accomplish? Is it changing my life? And am I offering it to others around me? Amen. Would you come? Amen. Each and every one. As Brian, the worship team, find something to play and to sing here. But amen. Let's just spend a couple of minutes and let's reach out to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's it. Let's just lift our hearts to him here for a few minutes. Call on his name. Mighty God, mighty God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Wonderful God. Wonderful God. Yes, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. Hallelujah. 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 That's it, Michael.
Every breath. 